Hello, everyone. This is Molly Douthit. And David Douthit. Welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Every week, we provide you with illustrations and special effects using multiple intelligences for the readings of the Revised Common Lectionary. Well, almost every week. Every week except this week. I got sick over the weekend and lost my voice, but now it's mostly back, but it's the week before Christmas, and, well, things got away from us, so, yeah. But we want you to know we're still here and still thinking about you, and we're not doing a full show this week, but we're taking next week off, too. But before you know (laughs) it, we'll be back with more smarts than you can shake a stick at. In the meantime, we did come up with a couple of ideas for Matthew this week that we'll go over here in just a little bit. Then we're going to repost our episode from three years ago, Year A, Advent 4, 2016. Here's your sign. It's got ideas for the Isaiah, the Romans, and the Matthew text. So go poke around there and see what you can find. So thanks for your patience, and let's get started. The Gospel lesson for Year A, Advent 4, is Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25, and I think this is probably about the only time we ever cover this story, isn't it? I suppose. Which is unfortunate, because it's such a relatable story. Mm. It's the story of the birth of the Messiah, which is actually said said flat out Messiah in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, is the, the birth of the Messiah took place this way. It's the story of what happens with Joseph. It's from his perspective. Um, something that we noticed as we were looking it over, uh, an angel appears to Joseph after he decides he's going to quietly and discreetly divorce Mary so she's not stoned to death for adultery. An angel appears and addresses him, Joseph, Son of David. That messianic title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, Mm. hey, there we go. Bells are ringing all over the place here. Uh, The angel encourages him not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife, and then explains about the child and tells him to name name him Jesus, for he'll save his people from their sins. And then uh, Matthew goes on to quote uh, Isaiah 7, Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they'll name him Emmanuel, which is Isaiah 7, the Old Testament passage for this Mm -hmm. Sunday, Mm -hmm. which we haven't done anything with, but there you go. And then Joseph wakes up did uh, and did what the angel commands him, and then when the son is born, he names him Jesus. So, there's the story with Joseph. Um, Yeah. we often, I'm going to do a little editorializing here, but we often, you know, when in reading this story about Joseph, what we come away with is, oh, isn't he a good guy? What, mm. a, what a fine, righteous man. And, you know, the gospel even says True. he was righteous. True. But it cost him a lot to do this. Mm. It really did. We'll talk about that more when we get to Body Smart. Um, so we're going to look at word, math, body, music, and people smart for this. And again, as we said in the introduction, we have stuff for... Uh, three years ago that you can go look up and see if there's anything different yeah. <laughs> for what or, we did. Or keep listening because we'll stick it on the end of here. Exactly, exactly. So for WordSmart, a special effect, go to the website www.behindthename.com. It's a, uh, a website where you can find the etymology and the meaning of 
any name you plug in, it's really comprehensive. Um, so using that as a way of connecting with the angel and with the prof- uh, the, the prophecy from Isaiah, uh, what's this kid's name going to be? Jesus, God saves his people. Emmanuel, God with us. So you could have some fun with uh, finding out the names of, uh, or the meaning of names, particularly your name, people in your family, people in your congregation. It's kind of a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. And we've done that on other Yes, uh, other we have texts, done that before. But, uh, but it's fun. Yeah. I always like doing that. I just like looking up the the, uh, the meaning of words. You are a word nerd. <laughs> I am. And I'm a math nerd, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm doing math smart here. And um, so I got to thinking about the Monty Hall problem. And we have a link for you uh, to that. A couple of them, actually. You might need to explain who Monty Hall is. Well, I'm going to. So um, the Monty Hall problem is a logic problem based on the classic game show, Let's Make a Deal, um, which has resurrected in the last several years. Um, But originally, the, the host was Monty Hall. And contestants are given a choice between a deal that they can see or hold in their hands and one that they cannot mm-hmm. see, that they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And it may be good and it might be bad. It might be better. It might be worse. And uh, so sometimes in the midst of all of that, if they've got the thing in hand and they pick the other one, then Monty Hall would say, well, how about this one over here? Uh-huh. Do you want that? And then uh, at the end... There's the big deal of the day where people who have won smaller deals get it get to pick from three doors. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is the big deal, and one of them is a good deal, and one of them is meh. Sometimes right. it's a zonk. Yeah. Right. So um, – I don't know. I, I don't know. They didn't always put a zonk in the big deal. But, I remember um, one time somebody picked a door and there was a mule behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was kind of regular. So um, <laughs> that poor mule. <laughs> I imagine it didn't always go home. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, so the the puzzle here is set up so that there's a choice between the three doors, mm-hmm. and one has a new car, and the other two are zonks. Okay. And if Monty shows you. Uh, you pick a door, and then if Monty shows you one of the other doors that you didn't pick, and it's got a goat or a mule or whatever behind it, and then asks, do you want to change your pick or stay with the one that you have? Right. Then the answer is that you should always switch. Yeah. I remember somebody telling me about this one time, and I could not figure out why that was. So why is that, dear? Well... Um, it's counterintuitive, but the math works out that in switching, you actually increase your chances of winning from uh, one-third to two-thirds, while if you don't switch, it's, uh, it's only one-third huh. or, or one-half. It would be the most that you can get. And so I, so I you would, actually have a better chance of getting a better option yeah. if 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 the three so you have the three one of them is eliminated and you have a choice to choose between the one of the two right. if you've if you switch from what you've already chosen you have a better chance right but so there i've got a link to you, a video to about have, this oh, okay. uh, from the Khan academy Khan okay. academy okay. um and 
So you start off, you've got a one in three chance. Right. And then one of them is eliminated. One of them is eliminated, but that one third potential has to go somewhere. Oh, I see. So it goes over to one of the other two. Right. And so the only way you can lose if you switch is if you have picked the right one to start with. Right. Um, Which, you know, which is a one in three shot. Right. Right. Um, So if you haven't picked initially with the three, so say the three are there and they show you one and that's not the winner, you have a better chance. Well, Oh no! You would you would have to have picked something before yeah. you see the third, the one you didn't yeah. pick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so then, oh, okay, I get it. So you you've got three doors. You pick one. They show you the one that you didn't pick. It's a the prize. Mm, right. So and they then Monty Hall says, "Do you want to switch? You should switch." Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So because you've got more data and and it increases your chances of winning. Okay. So um, watch the video. Okay. Go go. Click on the link, and and it it will all become clear. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, it's still counterintuitive, but Very. but your but yeah. your chances do go up if you switch. So, so so why is this important? Well, Joseph is making a choice here, mm-hmm. and um, to divorce Mary. To divorce Mary, and uh, and the angel appears and gives him new information, mm-hmm. and then asks him, "Do you want to switch your choice?" So um, it, it's a choice between two things more than three things, but he's got you know, extra it's, information. It, yeah, it yeah. sets it up, and and he's got a better chance of doing the right thing if he follows what the angel suggests and switch. Okay, and um, so he switches and he wins. Okay, so there it is. All right, for Body Smart, we have a special effect. Take a or ask somebody to come up. And then punch him in the gut to illustrate what happened to Joseph. <laughs> no, don't really do that. But if you want to, working out ahead of time, you could stage that you're yeah, going to do yeah. that. You know, do that would sort, be the thing. Yeah, yeah the Hollywood thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, obviously, uh, Mary also had something of a gut punch moment, but uh, that's more in Luke. And this is Joseph's story. And um, I imagine that f- for men, particularly, to find out that someone with whom they have a relationship is pregnant and it's not their baby. Ow. Yes. Yes. That would be that a problem. That would be awful. Yes. So um, if you don't actually, you know, stage a gut punch, then you could talk about what that feels like or ask mm-hmm. anybody, have you ever been hit uh, in, in a way that really hurt? And, or, or talk about how- Out of the blue. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and, and talk about how sometimes receiving <laughs> bad news uh, physically affects you. And, and maybe not necessarily finding out your fiance is pregnant and it's not your baby, but finding out that someone you love has been diagnosed with cancer. Well, yeah. Or uh, someone has been killed in an accident. I mean, there's a physical reaction, a physical sure. sensation to news like that. Yeah. So there's the, the body smart. Yeah. The only thing with those is you can't you know, change your choice about right, that. right, right. There's yes, exactly. You, you have no choice in those no, matters. But, but the idea here with the body smart is yeah, feeling yeah. this information yeah, in your body. Yeah. 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 Uh, for music smart, um, we have a special effect. There are a lot of songs out there with the the word Emmanuel or Emmanuel in the title. They are legion. They're everywhere. So, uh, can you find a mashup? Or do a medley of them, mm-hmm. or simply pick your favorite one and play it as a hymn or an introit or the, uh, a, an anthem. 
because yeah. they're they're all over the place. It would be interesting if you could get a get several of them and and sing a line that ends oh. with Emmanuel and then starts the next line with Emmanuel, with Emmanuel or or something and just you know be, that kind of mashup. That would be that would a be lot fun. of work. Be, it, well, yeah, it might be. It could be fun. Could be fun. For people smart, um, uh, one thing is it might be useful to explain Jewish marriage customs to mm-hmm. explain this passage, but uh, that's more exegesis than mm-hmm. than anything else. But it else. could be very helpful. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, then for illustration, if you are married, tell a story, if you have one, about how your wedding or somebody else's wedding, if you don't have one for yourself, um, how the wedding almost didn't happen or something almost went terribly wrong and how you might have recovered from that. The worst thing for us was the flowers, I think. But <laughs> Our 30th anniversary is coming up this summer, and I'm thinking about just going out and purchasing a bunch of toilet brushes and sticking them in a vase because that's what those daisies look like. They're, they're oh, my gosh. Japanese moms. They're not – yeah. That was awful. <laughs> anyway. Uh, and yeah, that was the worst thing. That I was, mean, well, it, that and the photographer having a hundred fever. fever. Yeah, uh, being infectious. I'm so surprised nobody got sick. Yeah, as far as we know. <sighs> yeah. Um, well, there were a lot of things that we would change yeah. about our wedding, but we're still together 29 years later. So yep. yep. It's not that, that's important. Right. So um, another idea would be to tell a story of a time when someone talked you out of a course of action that you had decided on, um, as happens to Joseph here. Mm-hmm. So you're on, on the path and you think, okay, this is my best choice. And somebody comes and says, hold on. Have you thought about this? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So going along with that idea a little bit, then for a special effect, uh, and this, this becomes homework. Um, encourage your folks to be aware in the next week, um, which I guess, you know, includes Christmas. So you have some family around maybe or friends, Um, but uh, be aware of uh, people around you that may be making bad choices and see if there's an opportunity to take the risk and try to change their mind about it. Uh, so that the person can make a better choice. Now, this gets a little dicey, and you mm. don't want to be arrogant about it, and you don't want to be flippant about it. Um, you know, I was I was just looking at uh, uh, my blog from my first sabbatical, mm-hmm. and I I went to a church where. Um, uh, the one of the greeters asked me if I, I said I'm new. What do I need to know here? And the greeter um, started trying to convert me to <laughs> to their faith. Oh, and, I remember that. And, that was here in town, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And wouldn't let it go. And oh I said, gosh. you know, I'm just on vacation. I'm a Presbyterian minister. I'm perfectly fine with where I am. Well, when you're ready. <laughs> You know, and so um, it was a total disregard for me as a person. So you don't want to do that. Right. But if there's a way recognizing that person's journey Mm -hmm. and you have to know something about them, why they're making the choices, help them explore what the options might be. And Mm -hmm. if you see something that could be better, then try and help them with that uh, as opposed to just – you know, you don't want to beat them over the head with it, and right. you don't want to um, ignore it. You can pray it. for an angel to come visit. Well, yeah, yeah. 
No, well, I mean, yeah. But the the idea is that you get to play the role of mm. the angel. Hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, be, be careful be, about it. Yeah. But, you know, it could There's a lot of weight in that. <laughs> it could be. But it could be meaningful. It could. Know. It could. Yeah. Pray about it before you do it. Absolutely. For sure. Maybe an angel will come to you and say, hey, let me take care yeah. of this. Yes. Or <laughs> maybe you should make another choice. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All righty. Well, have a wonderful Christmas. And now enjoy the encore presentation of Year, 2016. A, year a Advent for 2016. Hello everyone, this is Molly Douthit and David Douthit. Welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Today's podcast will cover the lectionary selections for year A, the fourth Sunday in Advent. No animals or plants or warm fuzzies from Isaiah this week, but a rebuke to a king in the form of a baby's name. Paul starts his letter to the Romans with God's call of grace in Christ. And in Matthew, Joseph gets one surprise after another. Lo, how a rose air blooming, the podcast I have in mind. We have established this podcast based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, we develop illustrations and special effects for the weekly readings of the Revised Common Lectionary and use various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. We call them word smart, eye smart, math smart, body smart, music smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. If you'd like to, you can read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking on the link at the top of our webpage. As we read and reflect on the scripture passages for each week, we explore ways these intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Anytime and any way we make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. So let's get started. The Old Testament lesson for the fourth Sunday in Advent, year A, is Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 17. A little bit of background for this. Uh, King Ahaz is feeling a little bit of threat from the northern kingdom of Israel and the even further northern kingdom of Syria, who are trying to come against him because he wants to form an alliance with Assyria. Lots of intrigue and lots of politics and stuff going here. And um, so the prophet Isaiah gets wind of what Ahaz wants to do and goes to him and uh, is trying to um, convince him not to do this alliance with, with Assyria and says to him, the Lord spoke to Ahaz saying, ask a sign of the Lord your God, let it be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz says, no. And he couches it in terms of being pious, of you're not supposed to put the Lord your God to the test. And Isaiah's like, oh, come on. <laughs> Ask. Please. <laughs> Is it 
too little for you to weary mortals that you weary God also. And so Isaiah says, then therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign if you're not even going to ask for it. And so then he talks about a young woman who is pregnant and is about to have a child and is going to name this child when this child shows up, Emmanuel, which means God with us. And essentially, this particular sign is God saying to Ahaz, look, what you're worried about, by the time this child is born and is weaned, the threat that is assailing you will be dust. You have nothing to worry about. Trust me. It doesn't turn out that way, but, you know, that's where we are. Because Ahaz doesn't trust him. Because Ahaz doesn't trust God. Exactly. And Ahaz is really kind of probably already made up his mind. That's the way he's going to go. And he doesn't want God to give him a sign that says, nope, don't do that. Because, you know, he's made up his mind and right. there's no shift in him. Anyway, looking at the intelligences, the smarts for this particular passage, David and I have gone two different ways on what we think the uh, primary expressed intelligence is. The primary expressed intelligence of a particular passage is one intelligence that seems to be the most obvious of the eight identified smarts. If you're strong in that particular intelligence, it will will seem to pop right out at you as you read through the passage. So what we try to do is attempt to figure out uh, what that is for each of the texts. And then once we have that, we look at the other intelligences to find ways into the text that makes that pop for everybody else. So I think the primary expressed intelligence for this particular passage is math, and David thinks it is. I think it's people. Well, okay. Well, we have some ideas for the intelligences, and you can find those on the worksheet at our website, www.morethanhearing.org. You can take a look at that worksheet and see what we came up with. But we're going to concentrate today on eye, body, and there's a little bit of cross-pollination that's happening with word and math, and David's going to talk to us about that one. Okay, so we have a quote from Fred Gazer at Working Preacher, one of our favorite sites, And it says, the word of God is not a simple prediction that will come true in a latter day or an equation to be solved to get one final answer. It is a living word that kills and makes alive in every generation, always needing to be proclaimed anew, always carrying both continuity and surprise. So as you hear that, it's talking about the Word of God, and it's also talking about it as not being an equation. So that it kind of falls into both math and word smart that way. Mm-hmm. So anyway... And a lot of these passages do that. There's yeah, elements yeah. of more than one smart or more than one intelligence that fit. Right. Yeah. Anyway, this is talking about the, the prophetic word in particular mm-hmm. uh, in this case, how it is fluid in the face of Ahaz's response. Yes, there you go. That's very good. And how that particular fluid response even speaks to us today. You'll see how this particular sign that God gives Ahaz shows up again in the Matthew passage, how it's reinterpreted for Matthew's audience. Right. Uh, for I smart, we're looking at God saying, oh, well, I'll give you a sign. 
Todd Weir, who writes a uh, blog at Blooming Cactus, has a really good story about seeking a sign from God. We have a link to that in the show notes. It's the third paragraph down if you follow the link on his post. Essentially what it is, is he was looking for some guidance about a particular situation one time, and he and he made a deal. Okay, I'm going to open the Bible, and whatever, if the Old Testament opens, it's this answer. If the New Testament opens, it's that answer. And so he kind of chucks the, the Bible at the table, and it lands on its side, and it doesn't open up. And it's really a, a really good story. I highly recommend going to, to look at that. It's good. It kind of goes along with what Fred Geiser also talks about in his, his blog post at Working Preacher, that uh, the double-edged sword of the word, it's the coming of God. This is what the word is all about. God is coming. And sometimes we don't know whether to laugh or cry at that. So maybe what you can do for a special effect is to make a double-sided sign. On one side, write, God is coming, beware. And then on the other side, write, God is coming, rejoice. And hold either side up as you preach on the coming of God. Sometimes it's a warning, sometimes it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. Or for another special effect that you could do for an eye, a visual effect, take a crib, a bassinet, or a cradle and put it next to the pulpit because this baby is coming. Or even a baby bottle or a baby's cup and a baby's dish because by the time Emmanuel is weaned, the threat to uh, Ahaz will be gone. For Body Smart, we have for an illustration a quote from, well, a phrase, a quoted phrase from Delmer Chilton, who is at Lectionary Lab Live. Well, the, the, the quote is from uh, the TV show Evening Shade that used to star Burt Reynolds. It was on ages ago. And these two kids are talking about God, and one of them is, is finding a need to have some comfort about the reality of God. And so they're talking about it, and one of them says, well, um, they're talking about what they think God is. And this one kid says, well, I, it would just be more comforting if God had his skin on. And the way that we'll see this passage used in the Matthew passage will give us a little bit more about God with <laughs> with his skin on. Also, we have a quote from John Ortberg. He makes the case, the central promise in the Bible is not, I will forgive you, although of course that is there. It is not the promise of life after death although we are offered that as well. The most frequent promise in the Bible is, I will be with you. Mm. So that's a little people smart, but it sets us up for a special effect here because not being alone is such a desperate need for humans. And it's addressed by God with Emmanuel, God with us. Invite your congregation to remind themselves that they are not alone by holding someone else's hand or putting a hand on somebody's shoulder or just looking each other in the eye and uh, making some physical contact during the rest of the service. Cool. Let's go on. The New Testament lesson for the fourth Sunday of Advent, year A, is Romans chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. This is obviously the introduction to the epistle in which Paul is introducing himself and doing so in that wonderfully verbose way that he has of going on at great length because he's not only introducing himself, but he's also introducing the major themes of the whole epistle. And so he is uh, telling them that he is 
a servant of Christ, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel. Then he talks about what the gospel is all about, that it's it was promised by God through the scriptures and the prophets that it is concerning Jesus, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and that Jesus was declared Son of God through his resurrection. And then he goes on to talk about how that gospel gives Paul the authority to extend grace for uh, on behalf of Christ to the Gentiles, including y'all that we're writing to here. So um, so we find uh, several things in here, the use of the word servant or actually more literally slave. So Paul is mm-hmm. showing that he is doing this on behalf of somebody else, that his life is given over to the service of Christ. And then several times uses the word call either for himself Uh, first for himself, then for Gentiles in general, and then for the saints in Rome. So those are some things that you might want to pay attention to as you're working your way through there, that sense of call and service. So for the primary expressed intelligence here, we're... uh, this is a, a challenging little piece of text here to try and come up with something mm-hmm. for for one intelligence. But I think the primary intelligence here is self-smart. And Molly says... I think it's word. So we will say more about that at the show notes at www.morethanhearing.org. And we also have our worksheet there, so you can see all our work on this text. But for now, we want to look at iSmart, PeopleSmart, and SelfSmart. So Molly's going to start us with the iSmart. Okay, well, the iSmart is not specifically referred to in this particular passage. It's kind of alluded to with the idea of the resurrection, and as I was reading some commentary on this, someone said that, or someone quoted Martin Luther by saying that the wood of the manger is also the wood of the cross. The idea that this particular passage is being read in the fourth Sunday in Advent, the next Sunday is Christmas, or well, this year the next Sunday is yeah, Christmas. Well, yeah. yeah, but the next, well, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> Christmas is coming quick. <laughs> right, yeah. it's after this. Uh, so anyway. Um, the idea being that we are in this preparation of time for the coming of a child. And uh, so Luther is making the connection between the coming of the baby and the uh, crucifixion of the man that the baby becomes. And so that's just an interesting illustration to talk about how Paul particularly understands who Jesus is in terms of the crucifixion and the resurrection. But you couldn't have had that without a birth. And since that's what we're celebrating in this season, it just sort of seems to kind of fall into that. So using that particular quote, the wood of the manger is also the wood of the cross, bring in some wood and stack it up uh, so that it looks like a manger. And then as you read the passage or as you preach on this particular passage, move 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 the wood around to construct a cross out of it. And notice that ultimately, and maybe you can even say this explicitly, that both are left empty. Both of them are just precursors to Jesus' ultimate victory in resurrection. For people smart, thinking about Paul's extended introduction of himself here, 
goes uh, on forever. It does. And made me think, anyway, of some of the very long titles that some certain royalty adopt for themselves. And so uh, went looking for a few. And we have a couple of examples for you that we'll have in the show notes. But for example, all hail his grace, Joffrey, House Barath... How do you say that? Barathean? Barathean? I don't know. I don't watch the show. I only read the books. Joffrey of the of houses Barathean and Lannister, first of his name, king of the Andals and the first men, lord of the seven kingdoms and protector of the realm. So yeah, that's from uh, Crown of uh, Crown of. <laughs> now I can't think of the name of it. Game, <laughs> Game of Thrones. Of, Gosh. Game of Thrones. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, or His Majesty George VI, by the grace of God of Great Britain, Ireland, and the British dominions beyond the seas, King, Defender of the Faith, Emperor of India. You kind of read need to read that in a Monty Python voice, Almost, you know. Almost, yes. Yeah. And uh, one more. Idi Amin actually oh d- had quite a few titles. His Excellency, President for Life, God. Field Marshal Al-Haji, Dr. Idi Amin Dada, Victorious Cross, Distinguished Service Order and Military Cross Recipient, Lord of All the Beasts of the Earth and Fishes <laughs> of the Seas and Conqueror of the British Empire in Africa in general and Uganda in particular, <laughs> Uncrowned King of Scotland. Oh, right. Yeah, he did ah, claim that, didn't he? Indeed. So, uh, yeah, Paul. Wow. Take that, Paul. <laughs> You're just a slave of Jesus. <laughs> Guy. Mercy. Coming then, finally, to Self Smart, we have a special effect. And so if we're looking at this extensive introduction of Paul, uh, we wonder, what would you do if you're going to introduce yourself uh, by describing your call to the works of ministry for Christ? And what would you say? So we put together a template for you, and you can find that at the show notes. It'll be listed in with the links. Some various questions about who you are and what you have done for Jesus and what sorts of titles or attributes of Christ might be related to your ministry. So we actually have something that you can fill out sort of Mad Lib style. And so you can take a look at that and see if maybe there might be a place you could use that introduction. Hi, I'm blah, 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 blah. All of these things in terms of your service for Jesus. And wouldn't it be interesting to think of ourselves more often in those terms? Yeah, it really would. Hmm. Let's go on. The gospel lesson for the fourth Sunday in Advent is from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. We are starting off with Matthew's version of the birth of the Messiah. This is one of the few places in the Gospels where Joseph ever actually makes an appearance. And this is where he has decided to uh, divorce his wife, Mary, because he has found out some unpleasant information about her. And as he has made this decision, he has a dream that night and an angel says, no, don't do that. Go ahead. Marry her. Take her as your wife. This is, this is something special. Trust us. And then uses the uh, words from Isaiah 7, a young woman shall conceive and bear a son, 
and they'll name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So then Joseph wakes up, does, does as the angel commands him, and marries Mary. But when the child is born, they name him Jesus, which means God will save us. Mm-hmm. The primary expressed intelligence for this particular passage, I think, is math again, and David thinks it is self. Okay. Well, we also have illustrations and special effects for several of the other uh, smarts, and you'll find those on the worksheet at our website, www.morethanhearing.org. But we're going to look specifically at I, music, people, and self for this particular podcast. So, David, what have you got for I? Well, Joseph here is sort of going against the grain. He's uh, trying to decide what path he should be on, and he's wrestling with that and gets a little benefit from a divine inspiration dream, which is... Yeah, I wish be, we could all have some I of that sometimes. That'd, be, that'd be pretty cool. Well, it'd be a little terrifying mm. at first, but... It well, would, yes, yes. Yeah. Can be. <laughs> Fear not. Which, let's see, which passage was that? That was the Isaiah passage, right? Yeah. And whether it's a good thing or a bad or thing a bad that God shows right. up. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> for a uh, an illustration for iSmart because of the spatial relationships that are associated with iSmart, it's like getting stuck in traffic so that it's, just, you know, it's not moving at all and yeah. you're not sure if you should keep crawling along with it or turn around and, and go back and try and find some other way. And then... You're texting with your your spouse who lets you know because you don't have a GPS in your crappy old car. Um, <laughs> or a smartphone. Or a smartphone. And, and your wife, for example, texts you that there's an accident up ahead and yes, you should go this other direction. Or no, just you're almost past it and go on ahead. Oh, you were not past it. You were... No, I, well, no. <laughs> This happened to me this past week, <laughs> yeah. as you may be gathering. You're anyway, welcome. <laughs> it works out to be a pretty good, uh, a pretty good example. Mm-hmm. So there you go. For a special effect, then plotting a route on Google Maps or your, whatever your favorite mapping program would be, or your, your GPS. And uh, what if you, you're doing that and you discover that the stretch of road that you always take because you think it's a shortcut is actually neither the shortest nor the fastest route? <laughs> yeah. Joseph thinks that he's, he's making a good choice by deciding to divorce Mary and discovers, no, that's the wrong way, actually. <laughs> Don't do that one. So don't do that. We are also put in mind of that uh, commercial for the Subaru Crosstrek where the young couple is, is comes to a fork in the road and they're trying to decide whether to go off into the wild wilderness where strange things happen or off to the mall to buy khakis. <laughs> and, um, and which way should they go? Right. And, uh, so there you go. Well, Music Smart is actually going to make an appearance here. Uh, we've got a couple things to offer as illustrations. We have one called Joseph's Song by Michael Card. We have a link to that, so you can listen to that. And you might actually already be familiar with it. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting song, a reflection from Joseph's point of view on yeah. how do I raise this child. I think we sang that as an anthem one time. Did. Oh, I it was 
Yeah. It was really difficult to hold the note while you're trying not to cry. Yep. Anyway, also for a poem, The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. And for a special effect, let your congregation compose a haiku about Joseph's experience. Remember, a haiku is five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. So give them an opportunity to, to put themselves in Joseph's shoes and come up with something. We're also looking at people smart and the whole idea of how Joseph's decision is similar to the decision that Ahaz had to make in the Isaiah 7 passage, as both have received a similar promise, but one of them acts in rebellion and says, no thanks, go on my own road, and the other one acts in obedience. This is an idea that came to us from the Lectionary Lab Live podcast, Two Bubba's in the Bible, we have a link to that. It's also sort of an uh, an illustrating between the two of them, Joseph and Ahaz, is sort of like goofus and gallant. Uh, we've uh, referred to them before. We've got a link to who those guys are. From Highlights for Children magazine. Yeah. And something that I read from Janet Hunt at her blog, Dancing with the Word, uh, talking about Joseph as a father. Uh, she asked the question, where do you suppose Jesus thought the guy got the idea that a father always gives good gifts to his children? And where do you suppose he got the image of a father running to welcome home his prodigal son? And where do you think the tenderness in his voice comes from when he says we're to address God as Abba or Daddy? if not from his own experience of having an earthly father in Joseph. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so some special effects for people smart. Um, Mary and Joseph are not just characters in a stained glass window, but are real flesh and blood people. And so the more we can imagine them as people like us, the more we might be able to imagine ourselves to be people like them. So get together in groups of three or so and discuss how God choosing to come into the world this way makes a difference in how we understand our lives and the lives of other people. For self-smart, we have a variety of questions that you can pose to your folks that they can ponder upon. For example, have you ever been in a situation where you were deeply disappointed by someone's behavior? And then has it ever turned out that in such a case, it turned out that the circumstances were not what they appeared to be, and you had to reconsider your disappointment. I think that's what Joseph was going through a bit there. Mm -hmm. Joseph's decision had pretty wide-ranging impact. Uh, he protected Mary and made Jesus' birth possible. So ask your folks to ponder this. Who has made a risky decision for your benefit? And have you ever decided to follow a path everyone told you would be insane, but you just knew it was the right way to go? That's it for today's podcast. Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website, www.morethanhearing.org, or at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash morethanhearing, or give us a tweet at at morethanhearing. Or you can email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you try any of these suggestions, or maybe you get an idea that you like even better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We would really love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship preparation. 
Be sure to look for the show notes, links, and resources on our website. We publish our worksheets on each text so that you can see some of our ideas that didn't make it into the podcast. They could be helpful and give you a spark. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast using the iTunes, Android, or RSS links at the bottom of the show notes, or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org slash feed slash podcast. You can find us on the iTunes store, too, and you can subscribe there directly. If you like the show, you can help us by writing a review at iTunes, as it helps other people find us more easily, and also by sharing the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another installment next week, so in the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart. Good production.